Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team, and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matthew Webb. Today we'll be marking the 10th anniversary of our 2010-11 championship winning season by catching up with our former goalkeeper Paddy Kenny, who of course played such a pivotal role in that unforgettable season. As well as all that, we'll be looking back on the draw with Middlesbrough and ahead to this Saturday's trip to Sheffield Wednesday. This is the Loftcast. Webby since thanks very much for joining us as always uh, looking ahead we'll be catching up as I say with Paddy Kenny so certainly looking forward to catching up with him but before that let's look back on our current situation and a draw with Middlesbrough since coming to you first was that one point gained or two points dropped in your opinion? Um, well a point's always a, any, any point's always a point gained but I think looking at the game We'd probably be a little bit disappointed not to have got all three. I felt we were the better side throughout, um, created the better openings without really clear-cut chances, if you like. I didn't think it was till late on that Middlesbrough uh, started to get a little bit of ascendancy, but never troubled us at all. So, um, so yeah, probably a little bit disappointed not to get all three. And Webby, what about you? What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, um, the goal, you know, conceding from a set piece was obviously disappointing. But, yeah, otherwise, um, like, like Sint says, it is a point game when you do get a point. But it just, it felt like, it felt like, you know, it felt like the game was maybe there, there to be won and maybe that was a disappointing thing. But, yeah, maybe we need to look back and think, OK, point game on to the next one. But, yeah, obviously at home, it, the game felt like it, it was there to be won, really. Since I know players always talk, players, current players, former players, managers, coaches always talk about the disappointment when you concede at set pieces. And I think a lot of that, I'm guessing, you'll have to tell me, but I'm, I think a lot of that seems to be linked to the amount of work that does go into defending set pieces during the week. Just going back to your playing days, what sort of work is put into that side when you're preparing for a game? Oh, there's, a, there's a hell of a lot goes on. Um, you, you, you know, you look at all the, the your opponent the last couple of games, what they've done, various situations, corners from the right, corners from the left, certain free kicks, um, whether it's going to be a left foot or a right footer, areas they look to put it in, areas they look to attack, who they use to go and um, get on the end of things. Um, so there's, there's a lot of work goes in. Obviously, you don't know what they're going to do on the day. You can only... Go on what you what you know and what you see. You don't know the personnel on the day, but there's a lot of work, and that's the frustration for for both both coaches and players, you know. And um, it's probably something, and not probably it is uh, something we we need to improve on. Doesn't doesn't seem to matter what the personnel is. Um, when you're defending a set play, the role you're given, whether you're zonal couple of zonal areas, uh, it's an important job. If you if you delegate the pick-up, hugely important job. Um, you know, if you are picking up, I think a couple of managers I played for used to say, you know, your responsibility is your man don't score. Your man doesn't get the first contact. And sometimes that's easier said than done. But at the level we're playing at, you have to accept that there's going to be a decent delivery comes in. You have to accept... Uh, you're going to be a block, there's going to be blocking, there's going to be a little bit of pushing. You, you're going to have to accept decent movement. You, you, you're going to have to You're going to have to deal with all of that and just show the determination, the desire to get the first contact and the second one if need be. And, and that's the frustration because over the last couple of years, it's probably cost us too much and will probably continue to cost us if we don't don't rectify it. But in answer to your question, in a show, hell of a lot of work goes in. Players will be given individual jobs and responsibilities. Once they cross the white line, all the planning, all the focus, all the diagrams in the dressing room, all the little bits of information given, it now becomes the players' responsibility to do their, to do their jobs. And uh, yeah, it's just disappointing because we'll look at the game and I'm sure we'll come to it. Other than that, Middlesbrough haven't troubled us. They haven't 
Sombolonga has a chance or a half chance in the second half where he doesn't really expect it. Other than that, they haven't troubled us. So there lies the importance of, you know, set plays. And it was only a week ago we lost the game from a set play, uh, from a corner. So uh, individually, collectively, we have to get better at it. That's probably why it feels so disappointing, doesn't yeah. it? Because, yeah. you know, you come away and you think, apart from that, really? Yeah. And that's probably why you come away with that kind of feeling of disappointment, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, teams aren't really opening us up. Uh, you know, sometimes I've played in games where someone does something and you go, don't like that minute, but well played, or, you know, we couldn't really stop that. But set plays, the ball's dead. You know where your man is. Um, you're obviously not sure where the delivery is, but you've just got to react. Uh, and if I look at the goal the other day, we've... We're marked up. It's, it's it's just a run out of a cluster. Man in the near post zone. In this instance, also his body, his body position is probably a little bit closed. So he can't see what's coming from behind him. Rather than just turning his shoulders a little bit where you can see man and ball or man and area. Um, but yeah, all, all all tiny little things. But And it's not it's normally not just one. It's it's a, it's, it's a two or three things added together that can, that can stop the goal. And that, like the point Webby made, I suppose that is the almost the positives that you take against Nottingham Forest. There were no shots on target against us, um, although they had a couple of chances where they didn't make the most of when the ball got pulled back. But then you look at against um, Middlesbrough the weekend, they only had two shots on target. We had seven. Yeah. So, well, again, the, 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 sorry to jump in, Paul, but there lies the importance of set plays. Massive part of the game. Um, you know, you can have all the play. Uh, possession, um, crosses coming in, and as I say, no one's really opened this up in general play. It's just whether it's a we, we slightly just switch off individually, collectively. But if we can cut out the set plays, uh, goals that we concede from set plays, we'll see that goals against column, as we've spoke about, come down, and we'll see us gaining more points, which will push us higher up the table. So, yeah, frustrating. At the other end of the pitch, Luke Amos obviously had a couple of chances and um, it was a very impressive display by Bright Say Samuel. What were your thoughts on his performance coming to you first since? I thought Bright was really, really good. Started very early in the game. You know, he, he gets in behind Dish Skill, the, the, the middles were fullback. Excellent, almost entices him to, to, to get a tackle in the box. Gets to the byline, his cross doesn't come to anything, but... Um, so that sort of set the tone for me where he really looked on top of his game. Did brilliant for the goal. I think he starts the goal. That gets us back in the game, deep in his own half. Um, and as the, as the move develops, it works out to Osman. Puts in a good cross. Luke gets himself in a good position. Good volley. Keeper parries. And Bright is the first one to react inside the six-yard box. So, uh, so please, please for Bright. You know, there's a couple of other instances. But I thought on the day he was... Uh, Shining light is in and such, and um, yeah, good performance from Bright. And obviously, there's the, the contract situation with a, a number of players, but Bright say Samuel's in the team at the moment. Um, he's out of contract at the end of this current season. He seems to be getting his head down and somehow not letting it affect his performances, which is easier said than done. And uh, again, I'll come to you on this one since because. It's something me and Webby aren't aware of, those those mental challenges, the, the level we played at. We didn't have contract negotiations. We just had to pay our fiver subs. But in terms of that, how hard is it to put those discussions, those issues to one side and still play at your best? It can be hard. Um, depends the type of character you are. For me, it depends who you've got around you what they're advising you, what's been said. Um, but for me, now I speak from a vast amount of games and experience of 20-odd years in the game, and, you know, most important thing is get your head down and produce on the pitch. If you're producing on the pitch, Paul Webby, if you're producing your performances, everything else will take care of itself. It's when you start letting distractions affect your performance for whatever reason, I think that's where you've got a problem. So full credit to Bright. He's got this in the background. Uh, he seems to me, looking from afar, when you see him on a game day, it looks like he's just got his head down. He's going to try and play as best he can. He's going to try and help QPR win as many games and get as many points as we can. And 
if he's doing that, the rest will take care of itself, whether that's at QPR or whether that's elsewhere. So, uh, so credit to him, because what we, what some people might forget, Bright's still a young lad. He's only, what is he, 22? You know, um, for me, breakthrough sort of six, seven months at the end of last season where he really started to show what a good player he, he is and is going to even get better. But, um, but yeah, he's going in the right direction and, uh, yeah, pleased with his performance and he's, he's doing well. And in goal for QPR, making his QPR debut, Seni Dieng. He's been around the club for a few years now, had a couple of loan spells, done very well on those loans and was given his first opportunity at QPR by manager Mark Warburton, played the, the full game against Middlesbrough and he, he certainly did, did well and I would imagine has caught the eye even further of Mark Warburton with his display, Webby. Yeah, I don't think it's any any secret that the the number one spot at QPR is up for grabs. Three, obviously, goalkeepers vying for the spot. And yeah, you you look at you look at Saturday. Um, we spoke about the, the the goal, the set piece. Didn't really have a chance. With a few nervy moments in the first half, where he probably yeah a few back passes came his way that he probably wouldn't have liked to have um, taken. But no, dealt with them. And uh, yeah, um, obviously when Middlesbrough were Middlesbrough had a little spell towards the end, didn't they? Where they started to get on top without creating too many clear-cut opportunities. And, but, yeah, no, he came and quite often had he, a few kind of commanding punches, actually. Um, but, yeah, no, he dealt with most things that came his way. So he'll be pleased with that as a, as a starting point. Yeah. And since uh, also first start for George Thomas, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, like well, I've seen with George. Uh, you know, the, the, the game against Wimbledon pre-season, I thought he was uh, uh, a real plus Obviously got his little niggle, so he's out of bite his time, but came in Saturday. What I like about George, he gives you he gives you something different, I feel. I think he looks to run in behind without the ball. Now people might say, Well, <laughs> what's the good about that? And actually, if you've got someone that runs beyond Lyndon Dykes in this case, you know, it, it, it puts defenders on the back foot, it creates a little bit of more space for other people in front. So George, you know, I thought he was neat and tidy on the ball, brought a good energy to the team. Um, so yeah, another one that can be pleased with his first start, and you know, hopefully he's new to the club. Hopefully he can grow and get better and help us um, during the season and beyond. And looking at the start overall, a win, a draw, and a defeat. Since how would you assess the start? Yeah, uh, okay. Um, you know, four points from three games could have been better. Um, you know, if you look at Saturday's game. Um, We've already talked about, I thought we were the better side, better openings. Uh, Tom Carroll shot, you know, very unlucky. So we could have got a little bit more there. Could have got certainly something from the Coventry game. To lose that was disappointing. Having dominated the game certainly for 44 minutes and been ahead. So it could have been a lot better. I think the league's going to be really tight again, Paul. Um, you know, what is it? Two teams have got maximum points. Two or three on seven, couple on six, five. We're a cluster of four. Um, so it's important. It just shows you how how vital and how important every point is to where you can get in the table. So, um, so yeah, we made an okay start. Could have been better, but uh, yeah, lots of positives, lots of positives. And if we can eradicate some of the stuff we've already talked about, it will be a lot better. And Webby, coming to you, our program editor extraordinaire um, this season. You're um, producing another fine publication and. With a nod to ten years ago and that promotion winning season mm. of two thousand and ten eleven incredible that is a decade ago um it just explain to us what what's appearing in the program throughout this season yeah so um as as we'll be doing uh, with this podcast as well we're going to be speaking to it we're looking back at the season um in general like a review of the season and we'll also be speaking to um to everyone who was involved um in the ten eleven season whether that's coaching staff. Um, players, um, staff as well around the club who, who are involved with it. So, yeah, no, we've spoken to, uh, for the programme, Hogan of Frame and, and Neil Warnock um, had obviously uh, link, linking his uh, Middlesbrough ties as well. Um, Saturday just gone against Middlesbrough. So, uh, no, we'll be speaking to everyone uh, who was involved all season. And, yeah, hopefully, like, like we know with this podcast, we've got Paddy on, Paddy on today as well. So, it'd be great to catch up with him. It certainly will be. And let's do that now. Let's catch up with former QPR goalkeeper Paddy Kenny. Well, Paddy, uh, 
Paddy Kenny, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast this week. Um, plenty to discuss, and quite incredibly, it's um, 10 years since that championship winning team of 2010 11. Does it feel like 10 years ago, Paddy? No, not at all. It's, uh, it's scary to think that was a decade ago, and uh, I think that season just feels like it was yesterday. I could, could probably go through every game. Uh, and just can't believe it's 10 years. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, you had two years at the club joining in that summer. You made 81 appearances. And it's fair to say it was a, a fairly eventful time. When I was looking back, I was actually stunned. It was only two years you were at the club because so much seemed to happen during that time. Yeah, I think obviously there were owner change, stuff like that. Obviously, we promotion and... The, play, the Premier League year, it were, it were a crazy, crazy couple of years. I couldn't have asked for a matter two years uh, at the club, really. When you arrived in that, that summer of 2010-11, the season before, we basically, Neil Warner could come in and steered us clear of relegation to, to League One because that was very much a, a real threat. What was the aim when you arrived from Sheffield United? Well... I, Basically, I spoke to the gaffer. Obviously, I still call him gaffer or dad or whatever you want me to call him. Uh, and he, uh, he basically said, we're having a go this year. Uh, he did mention Adele Terrap and said, I think he'll get promoted. So he did actually say that to me before I even signed. Uh, and obviously, we all know how well he did. And uh, obviously, that's one of the reasons I come down. I did have other clubs interested, Bristol City and Ipswich at the time. But obviously, with the connection to Neil and, and the way he told me the club were going, uh, it was a no-brainer, really. And since I've just come to you on, on this one, um, in terms of the influx of players, there was there was a whole host that came in. Obviously, there was Paddy Kenny, there was Clint Hill, Sean Derry, Jamie Mackey, Bradley Orr, Rob Hulse, Tommy Smith, and they all gelled straight away. Is it, <coughs> is it always that easy since? No, not at all. Um, it's a big, big challenge. You know, you mentioned all the boys, including Paddy, all quality players, all all proven, all, you know, we're, we're knew all about the championship. We're going to attack it. We're going to, it's going to be a good dressing room. But credit to Neil and his coaching staff and, and credit to the lads because I think sometimes fans, they, they look at a number of signings and they just think, oh, we've signed some good players here and it's, it's just going to click. It's not as, not as easy as that. The individuals have to click. You know, Paddy would have probably been bunged up in a hotel for months, you know, away from his family for a while. There's all that to take into consideration. Some players like that. I loved it. <laughs> but but um, credit to the players and, you know, what a, what a season that was. What a, what a start to the season it was. I think you went about 18, 19 games unbeaten. Um, you know, so, uh, so brilliant. But, uh, yeah, credit to, the, credit to the players and credit to Neil and his coach and stuff at the time. I think that was massive for Noel, wasn't it, the 90, I don't know, if, I thought it was 20, if I'm honest. But right, like I said, 18, 19, something like that, 20 games. And because you start so well, the rest of the season, you sort of feel yeah, like yeah. stick along then. And the when, did you, when did you start, Paddy, as, as individually yourself or as a, as a dressing room? So you got those 19 or 20 games. When did you start to, to believe, you know, we could do it this year? I know you take each game as it comes, etc. But there must have been a growing belief within that dressing room as you were tuning out the results, result after result, clean sheet after clean sheet. You know, you were yeah. definitely really think, solid. When did you start to think this is we could do it this year? Obviously, it was an amazing start. I, th I think I just think it was a dream that start. But I, I remember looking back. I remember us all being quite. It was after we drew with Cardiff two all, and I don't. That was three or four games from end of the season, and we. I think we come back from two. Uh, come back twice. twice. Come back, I think we were one down and Adele scored, and then we were yeah. two one down and Adele scored. Yeah. So it was like it was like I think that day we thought, yeah, we can do this. And I know it were not many games to go, but it's the old cliche in it. There were teams queuing up behind us, and yeah, yeah, just took a couple of games to lose or draw because we did have a little period around Christmas where yeah. I think we lost two or three in space of four or five games, and all of a sudden that pressure had turned again. But we managed to kick on again. And then, like I said, it was probably around that Cardiff match that you thought, yeah, this could be us now. And I, I remember at the time getting the impression that it was probably your, your experience as well, that you felt that certainly we weren't coasting to promotion, but almost the hard work had been done with that start and it was just about ticking the games off. I remember we drew, Millwall away, we drew with Millwall away 
and there was an element of disappointment thinking oh that was enough you know points dropped and i remember this you came out of the dressing room big grin on your face and you went another one chalked off step closer and it was that feeling of we've already done the hard graph we just got to keep nicking these points now and that'll take us through was that the feeling yeah i think it was obviously you get that you get that bit of a gap and then you know as long as you can keep ticking away and keep knocking them that's all that we're about choking them games off at that point and the sooner that 46 game comes, come come any come come quick enough, really. And and yeah, that probably was a good time. You know, the time we're thinking, yeah, they come on, keep going now. All right, Paddy. Go on, Webby. Over to you. I was going to I was going to say, in all my time being involved at QPR, I've never known, I've never gone into games feeling as confident as I did going in going into games during that season. Is that well, home and away? Is that is that how you felt as a squad? Yeah, definitely. I think you touched on it earlier with the signings. I think. Straight down the spine of the team, we had a solid, good centre-halves, good midfield, big Ida Elgerson up front, and then you had Adele working his magic off him. So I always felt strong, we were solid, we didn't let many goals in, we were a good defensive unit. And then when we, when we, did, when we did attack, we punished teams, we had, that, we had that spark up front with Adele. And, and then obviously t- after Christmas, we had Ishmael come in and Wayne Routledge, and they just added that little bit extra, you know, going forward as well. So, yeah, it was, it, it, we always felt strong and confident going into games. What was your um, fondest memory from that season? You look and you think there was Derby away, obviously, with Jamie Mackey's late leveller after we were two down. Sheffield United away for personal reasons and then to go there and do what we did to them. Um, and I remember, I don't think I've ever seen one, one individual get so much stick. I mean, didn't uh, Chris Morgan turn the and the team's the other end, so you had to go and face yeah. that, that hostile reception just before kickoff. And they smashed me first ball in box. <laughs> <laughs> Picked me up and said sorry. <laughs> you probably expecting that, weren't you? Yeah, I was expecting it. I only got wait, it once. I wait expected for more it. than that. <laughs> but what was yeah, I think when you got about them games, when you got about them games, I think one that sticks out for me was Leicester. We beat Leicester at home one nil. Slightly on its season, ish. Ish come on, and I think we—I don't think we played too well, to be fair. And we nicked it last minute, and that were another game where you thought, "Yeah, that were a massive three points for us." That was. I remember Swansea were chasing us, and we played the night nice Swansea, day. and you nick it late on. Oh, and the best. Well <laughs> what was that? Sorry, Swansea on Boxing Day was a big one. Swansea four 0 on Boxing Day, yeah, that were a big one, wasn't it as well? Because they were second at time, weren't they? Yeah, that's right, and it was a bit of a, a was... to rap masterclass. Yeah, I think that was an important one because Paddy alluded to it. I think when you when you won that game four 0 you had just come off the back of two defeats. Yeah, you lost at Watford and uh, um, was it Leeds the other one? I can't remember. Yeah, we lost at Leeds. We got yeah. stuff there. But as I say, so um, when you've gone that long unbeaten and you get a couple, yeah, in the works, you've just got to just got to put it behind you. And you, you I remember the gaffer ball. getting us in for training on the on on Christmas Eve and just said, "Listen, I'm I'm giving you Christmas Day off, but I want performance out of you on Boxing Day." Uh, not a lot of managers after losing a couple would have done that I don't think and that was just where his man management come in he knew it would be something that would probably get everyone on side and, and he'd give us Christmas Day off and, and said I want a big performance for you on Boxing Day and we ended up producing How, how good Paddy uh, you know Neil's fantastic career promotion you know, 40 years of management was how good Man management was that he was that his major strength. He let the coaching for other people, didn't he? But he was yeah. really good at get the best out of people. I just see. I remember going away. I don't know if Mozza remembers this when we went to Italy pre-season. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I think there were like ten new signings. And I think where we were staying were like Saturday night every night. He, he, he said it's like a Saturday night every night. And he said <laughs> he said if I start giving you curfews, you're going to break them. We're all going to fall out, and it's not what I want. He said, I don't know if we had two or three games. I'm sure it was three games out there. And he said, like, you can go get pissed every day, night, that you haven't got a game the next day. But if we've got a game, you stay in. One of you just spoils it for everyone. And do you know what it's like as players when all of a sudden you can do what you want? We had two nights out after matches and we only had three or four hours out. And he got on everyone's side like that. Yeah. Lads were, like, looking at each other and saying, wow, we can do what we want. Was, and I'd have managers later on in my career that went on pre-seasons and you're away for 10 days, two weeks, and they won't even let you have a drink. And then we're all sneaking out and then everyone falls out. So it's just how clever he was with little things like that. 
Is that a little insight into exactly what you just said, how clever he was with certain things? Like you said, he had a whole new group of players and he probably wanted you guys to spend some social time together anyway to get to know each yeah. other and, and sort of form that bond, but almost turning it into a, a way of building his own relationship with that group. Definitely. And like I said, he got everyone aside just with that 30 seconds comment that he made. And then when the season started, because we were doing so well, we didn't train one Monday unless we had a game Tuesday. So we knew where he stood with him. He was like, you know, if you do well for me, you've got days off, I'll, I'll reward you. Simple as. And it was what was better the... than a day off. With players <laughs> love a day off. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, uh, the biggest challenge that Neil Warnock had to deal with during that promotion season? I think Adele. Yeah. As well, because obviously when he, when he had face on, he, he didn't want to know. He didn't want, I think he refused to play at Scunthorpe and things like that. But then come back and played at Barnes, they won its match. I don't even remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he once got me, Clint, uh, Deza, Bradley or and Iger Elgson in a room and, and he'd not been turning for training sometimes. And we were starting to lose his heads and he got us in and he just said, listen, please stick with him. He'll get us promoted. Please, any other player would have got absolute. If you want producing on a Saturday and winning those games individually, lads would have been kicking off big time. But he, uh, I think, as good as he was sometimes, he could have been. He were a nightmare of us. It was like when we played Sheffield United the home match. I talk about it in the book. I turned up. He'd not been in for training for two days or whatever, something like that, and he turned up and wanted to play. Just thinking he could play and uh, I just got they were arguing in corridor when I got there so Neil took us into his room he said Paddy come in here obviously my old team were playing and uh, he says uh, Adele wants to play bear in mind he'd already named his team and his subs wow. and I went what well, he went what would you do and I went play him he went what <laughs> I went well you said he'll win his league you've got to play him he went well I've got to go in that changing rooms and tell someone they're not playing I went well if he wins this game does it matter and he went in room, and I was thinking, oh, and he went, right, Paddy said, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Lucky enough, I'm sure Adele set two out of three up. We won three nil, so I like, got away with it a bit there. Because he did say it were on my head if, we, if he didn't perform. <laughs> Paddy, how did, how did that conversation go when he got you all in, in a room and you had, you had a chat? I mean, how was that? Because the players like Clinton and Sean Derry, these are, you know, professionals who, you know, Every training session, I give every every single last bit. How how difficult was it to get them kind of individuals inside when they're all about their professionalism? Yeah, we were in an hotel. I forget, we must have had an away game somewhere because we went. He got us up to his hotel room, and uh, like I said, they're all professionals. We're all we're all we're all professional, but there were a little thing of us we knew as aim with promotion. And if you've got to give someone that little bit of leeway to get you promoted, it had to be done. And 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 he. He spoke to us right, did the Neil, and knew how to get us, butter us all up. He buttered us up, and obviously we just left it and let him get on with it. And look, looking back on some talent, I don't, want to, some, some... I don't know how we played for us, to be fair, if I'm honest. <laughs> We're that good. The best player I've played with by a mile. Really? Yeah. Did it yeah. surprise you how good he was? Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, Neil had told me about him about before I signed and said he's he's some player and he's he's a young lad, but he's got some talent. And if we can get him at it and get the right players around him, uh, he'll he'll produce for us. And obviously, he did. The penny seems to have dropped with Adele now, doesn't it? He finally seems to be fulfilling his potential. Yeah, well, he's isn't it? looks fit as a fiddle now, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Never seen it like it again. Again, where be um, Paul and Paddy going back to um, going back to the management? I think that's clever management. You know, you know when you've got someone that can make a difference, it's getting the players around them. You know, I think Deza in the middle of the park. You know, um, did so well. You know, unspectacular what he did, but probably one of the first names on the team sheet. You yeah, know, Ali in there. You. Your two centre backs were, were 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 solid. You you, you already mentioned you sold down the spine of the team, so you had that stability to probably give him that free reign to give him his head and say, you know what, don't really need you to defend as much yeah. as we would like. But when we get you the ball, go and produce some, go and win us the game, go and score us a goal, go and create. And he did. You know what did he get that season? Nineteen goals, some outstanding goals. Um, and I don't know how many assists he got. Neither. He must have got some assists. As well. There was a question I was going to ask. You know, Adele takes a lot of the plaudits, but 
how you know 24 clean sheets in a season that's amazing but how how important were the likes of Clint and Casper and Sean Derry and you know what was what was in front of you how, how important were they to the success of the team I think it starts up front with Ida yeah. Matter of time did he come back and when balls in the box off set pieces and if they weren't doing stuff like that, you never know. You could concede off set pieces, free kicks, corners, whatever. And like you said, you've got Deza and probably, like you said, with Adele, you've got Deza probably doing all the dirty work for Adele. And do you know, and that and that's what you need. That's what Neil knew he needed to be to have him. Uh, and I just think, like I said, it starts from the top and always work. And I know you go clean sheets or. Goalies had 24 clean sheets, but it's the team that gets 24 clean Possibly. sheets. And you know that. Uh, even though I'll take credit if you want. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but it, it, was, it was a full unit. We were strong defensively. Listen, if people don't mark right on set pieces, you can see goals, simple as. And, and we were solid throughout that team. And, and that is why we kept so many clean sheets that season. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what are your, your memories of that? Obviously, the final period that we had the win against Watford, which won us promotion, but kind of didn't because there was uncertainty yeah, around yeah. the potential points deduction. What are your memories around that time? I remember playing Hull, and we, we were like eight, nine minutes off promotion, weren't we? Something like that. And yeah. yeah. Scored on. I injured my shoulder in that game. And then I didn't play the last two league games. So, right. yeah. Yeah, so I'd been all that week build up to the Watford game I'd been going to Oxton Chamber to try and get my shoulder right and I even thought we were alright I trained on the Friday and then thought we were alright on the Saturday and I just couldn't lift my hand quick enough my shoulder ended up having to pull out on the on the like at two half past two quarter past two and obviously uh, Raddock played uh, but yeah we're a mental time we're still in an area where we'd go up I always thought surely because I got relegated under all the Tevez circumstances didn't I with yeah, Sheffield United and I'm thinking Come on, please give me a break. Don't happen again. <laughs> uh, lucky enough, I'll, let, I'll never forget the game, uh, uh, the last game of season, Leeds, and I were in the tunnel. And obviously, it was still up to probably what, an hour and a half before kickoff? We didn't know, did we? No, that's right. And I remember Gianni running through the corridor shouting, I'm sure he shouted, We were safe, we were safe. I couldn't understand what he was saying, like, but <laughs> it sounded like that. I and mean, it, it just erupted, and it were it were a mental time, and it were well deserved because of, of how we played that season. And, yeah, absolutely. It would have been a shame if behind the scenes had, had spoiled it for, every, for everyone's hard work, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we put on um, social media that we were going to be speaking with you on the Loftcast this week. And we had loads of questions coming in, uh, loads of kind comments, nice comments as well. But one of the questions that, that did come up uh, from a number of fans was along the lines of this, so I couldn't not ask it, Paddy. Does he remember calling us tin pot? And does he regret it? So that's obviously in reference to after you left us to join Leeds, um, you're on social media. I think you had a, a fallout with some people and you uh, you called QPR Timpot. What are your memories of that time? What are your thoughts looking back now? Oh, definitely disappointed with what I said. I didn't mean it for one minute. I'd, uh, I'd got a few tweets, which Neil actually made me uh, come off not long after... Uh, because to be fair, all I got 95% of the time were grief, so I didn't even know why we were on it in the first place. And I had about three or four QPR fans slagging my kids off, called them fat and ugly. And it was just an over, it was a reaction to that. I was gutted because I thought, I have had an amazing two years at that club. Uh, I don't think I really put many, I didn't, let, I didn't let them down much, do you know what I mean? And I felt like I played my part in both promotion and, and helping to stay up and and for someone, and I know it's a minority, and it was just an overreaction. Uh, it was just something that I regretted. But once you do it on Twitter and it's out there, it's there's no going back, is it? Hundred percent regret what I said, and never meant it for one minute. And I can, you know, I had an amazing two years there. We all had an amazing time while we were there, and uh, yeah, something I regret. But all I can do is apologise and move on from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think ninety-nine point nine percent of QPR fans would completely condemn those comments as well and I'm sure the majority of that 99% would react in similar fashion if the same happened to them. You did have an amazing relationship with the QPR fans throughout that two-year period. They had the, the very popular Paddy Kenny song which you, you always seem to, <laughs> to enjoy as well and it seemed to get the, the crowd going. How special was it having that relationship with the fans when you were at the club? Oh, I think it's massive. I think Andy will uh, agree to this that any player to have a get on with. I had the same 
association with the Sheffield United fans and, and to have that as a player, it, it, you just know that they see you week in, week out and they appreciate what you're doing because they wouldn't be singing you and liking you if you weren't producing week in, week out. So to have that, have that with them, it's, it's special and, and it, it just shows their appreciation for what you're doing for their club. Great stuff. Another, uh, plenty of questions coming in. We'll just fire through as many as we can. I'd love to hear Paddy's thoughts on the 1-0 win over Chelsea. Oh, <laughs> we wow. that across the line. Nice they got two sent off, didn't they? And they were all the palaver. <laughs> Do you know one thing I remember about that game? They were a big fight in tunnel at the end of the game, right? And I, were, I don't know if you remember, we changed changing rooms and we'd gone to the, old, the other side, haven't we? Yeah. So we walked up the tunnel, turn left. And I remember getting halfway across, well, halfway down the corridor, and I heard all this commotion. So I run back, and I was like, sort of stood up looking down over everyone, and Ivanovic had two lads in headlocks, which players I do not know. And I looked down, and I thought, I'm not getting involved with him. And just walked back. <laughs> <Thought Yeah. no laughs> chance. Jamie Mackey recently confessed that he was one of the lads in there. Was he one of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, he had no chance. Mackey did he with him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a special moment, wasn't it, winning that game and the atmosphere. What do you remember about the atmosphere? Oh, it was sensational. I do remember Peter Cech played like a centre-half because they were down ten men, nine men, weren't yeah, they? And yeah. I'm sure we didn't touch ball much in the second half, <laughs> even though they were down nine men. Uh, obviously, to win a, a West London derby were massive and uh, you know, and uh, it were a massive three points for us when you look back how the season ended up finishing. Paddy, we spoke a lot about 10-11. How did you enjoy that season? Uh, in the Premier League. In the Premier League, yeah. Yeah, really good. Obviously, it's totally different. It's difficult. You, your mindset's got to change because realistically, you're going to lose more, more, every, more times than you're going to win. Uh, you've got to try deal with losing three, four, five on trot and not winning for four or five games. And it, it can be hard, uh, obviously, when you've gone from used to winning week in, week out. And, uh, but that's what you have the championship season for and won the league because that's where you want to be, challenging against the best. And I think for us to stay up. I think, I always go back, I tell people this, they always talk about City winning the league, but they forget, no one ever gets mentioned about us staying up and winning the last five home games at season. Yeah. And it all started from being 2-0 down to Liverpool and winning 3-2 with 10 minutes to go. And that were in a mere, them 15 points we picked up were ridiculous. And the opposition as well. well Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, Liverpool. Liverpool. Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. And did what we play Stoke, Stoke and West Brom? They were no, you know what I mean? Stoke and Swansea, I think, was it? Swansea, yeah. yeah. Well, Stoke, um, we scored last kick at game, which obviously meant we could afford right. to lose at City. It was just mad how it, how it all turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the questions from the QPR fans, what was going through your head when Sergio Aguero scored that goal? I I, do you know what? I remember, I remember thinking, stop diving in. Stopped and then next thing it would pass me and it were like, oh, <laughs> did you, did you it think was too we late then. What's that? Did you think we were down? No, because when we were winning 2-1 and they got the corner, our fans went mental at the other side of the stadium. And obviously it's not rocket science, something's gone off in the other game. And after they scored, they were shouting on from the bench, we're safe, we're safe, they're drawn to all. So I knew, well... I had an idea. I'm thinking, oh, we've got it right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what was your best save in a QPR shirt? Is there one that stands out? Ooh. I think, do you know what? I always say this, all my saves are best saves. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'll, every save you make is important for different reasons. So I couldn't really pinpoint one. Maybe one. I remember Leicester in that 1-0 win, Yakubu. Mm, and he, he yes. loved me. And yeah. I, had to get my, I had to move backwards across the goal. It were a diagonal one, so it were a difficult one because you, you don't know where you're going. And I had to time my jump right, and I managed to just flick it over at bar last minute. So, yeah, possibly if I look back, that were an important one and a good and a good save. Just yeah. for, just be, more because it were it were anything that were coming straight down the line. It were coming from an angle, and it were a looped lob. Mm. So it were all about the time of the jump. I don't know how I managed to jump that high. To be fair, because the backside normally held me down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another question. How did it feel beating Adele Tarab to the Player of the Year award that season? Well, I think obviously we what Adele, how Adele was that season. For me to to get that was massive. I didn't think for one minute I'd have got anything like that over Adele. Or there were other players as well. Do you know what I mean? They weren't just 
Adele or me, there must have been other players in for it. But I think to win any player a year, it's it's massive for and uh, something I'll take. And and like I said to people, Ed Adela, having him, having he'd won the championship player a year, just uh, shows that the fans and and my own players because I got players play as well, didn't I? So for yeah. my own players as well to to pick me, uh, yeah, it's massive, massive thing for me in my career. Great stuff. Um... Who's your favourite player you played with at QPR? Oh, it's a tough one. We, I got on with everyone, to be fair. There weren't really anyone I didn't get on with. It were a good group when I was there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could just pick anybody out. It's a tough one, isn't it, when you've got a good squad like we had uh, and everyone probably could see because we wouldn't have done what we'd done if not everyone were on the same page and everyone got on because you don't go 20 games until you lose in a season without all being in it together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how difficult did you find that? Because it was broken up, wasn't it? Obviously, when we got promoted to the Premier League, there was an influx of different players, I dare say, on different salaries. And it's well documented the challenges that came with it. How difficult did you find that going from such a tight group in that promotion year to perhaps not so tight when we were in the... Yeah, it was a little bit it was different because I felt like that first year we were all in it together and then... Second year, especially when we brought the players in, when Mark Hughes come in. I remember going to Portugal, I'm sure it was Portugal we went to, after we got beat by some 1-3-2 at home. We lost 3-2 at home to somebody. Uh, and we went away, it was international week. And I remember that we went away and there were like three lots of tables. And everyone just sat on their table through the week in that group. And I didn't like that and I just felt, it felt distant. Instead of maybe having alt table as one or whatever, but everyone like you'd have one group sat there every time, and everyone sat in their own tables through the full week, and I honestly didn't like that. The funniest moment you experienced in the QPR dressing room? I hate when you put me on spot. Things ten years ago, this you know. I can't remember what I did yesterday. All earlier today, actually. <laughs> oh, it's a tough one. I'm trying to think. No, I'm going to have to come back to you on that one. I'm trying to think. Okay, well, one other question, and then we'll we'll get on and we'll, we'll have a quick chat about the book that's coming out uh, very shortly. Uh, what was it like working under Neil Warnock? What was it about him that you felt got the best out of you as a player and a person? I just think because he trusted me, he just left me to do my job. He knew what I'd get out of me, week in, week out. He knew I would, if I were rubbish, I were rubbish. I would want that, I would mess, let, let not playing on purpose or whatever. It was always due to a bad game. We used to fall out like cat and dog, but we'd argue and then it was forgotten about on a Monday. We just got on with it. Uh, and all just all that combination, really. Mm. Okay. Well, let's and he gave me plenty of days off, which I'm always going to like him if he does that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you followed him everywhere. <laughs> Okay, I used to get so, hammered though, because you know that first, obviously when I said you would be train one Monday unless we had a game on the Tuesday. So obviously we'd, we'd have Sunday, Monday off, and then we'd be, lads, we'd be in Tuesday off Wednesday. So he'd say to me, padded up, but there's no point you coming down from Sheffield on Tuesday. Just do a bit at home and I'll see you Thursday. And I used to come in on Thursday and get absolutely massive. <laughs> no golden boys here. <laughs> It's only time they knew what day of week it was when I turned up on it. Oh, it's, it must be Thursday, Paddy's in. <laughs> I remember we were on a pre-season somewhere. It was before you'd gone to Leeds. And while you were training, Neil Warnock had been named as the Leeds United manager. And then as That's the where player... we were on about when I said, no, that's where I said to you when we were in, were it Portugal? I think so, yeah, it was. It, <laughs> pre, it, were, it were international break weekend. Oh, that's right. And that's it. And then... The QBR players all heard about Warnock going to Leeds and Paddy's off to Leeds then. <laughs> can't tell you what, I can't tell you what happened after now, I'm only messing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the new book is out next week. Uh, Paddy Kenny, the gloves are off. Tell us a little bit about it, Paddy. Yeah, basically it's just, I had the opportunity to do it. I, asked, I got asked a few years ago, to be fair, and I, I wasn't that interested uh, but then this time when I met up with me, right, publisher, uh, and, and I just sat down with him and we spoke about stories. And obviously, I've had a colourful career on and off the pitch. There's been a lot of drama. 
uh, and when I sat down with him and had the opportunity to put it all in a book, he, he said it's a no-brainer. I think it's something you've got to do. There's a few things I want to get off my chest where things have been put out there about me that I've never been able to correct. Uh, so, i.e., my move from QPR, how I got uh, my move from Sheffield United, just things like that, and a few personal things that come out when things that have been said that had happened were that were untrue stories. So for me to have my chance to get a few bits like that across and then also talk about the career because even on and off the pitch and like I said, on the pitch, I've had an amazing career for me from the cards I were dealt. I didn't come professional till I was 20. I didn't have a full-time goalie coach till I was 25. So to end up achieving what I achieved, it's me going through this book has made me realise yeah, I haven't done too bad. Not bad for a fat lad from Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find it quite therapeutic in a way to sort of almost look back and go, wow, I, I should be rightly proud of what I've done? Yeah, definitely. It was hard work as well. You don't realise what's going into it. And you come away, you have two and three hour meetings, like talked about things and your head's banging because you try to remember things. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, to, to go through it and, and realise what, what what sort of career I had, I can't, I can't complain. I'm, and it's made me realise uh, what I achieved. Great stuff. And uh, just before we go, since I've just come to you, I noticed over uh, Paddy's shoulder, he's got uh, a seaman shirt. I thought he might get a Sinton one when he realised we were getting you <laughs> off. <laughs> he's got the seaman one. Um, since, from your point of view, uh, Paddy's obviously had a, a great career as a goalkeeper. As a, a player, how important is it to have someone like that between the sticks behind you when you're playing in a successful team? Uh, you know, at the other end of the pitch, they they take most of the glory. They get sold for the biggest fees, probably get the biggest wages. Um, but it's so important to have a, a goalkeeper, a goalkeeper that you can rely on, you can trust, you know, big moments in games, you can look around and go, you know what? Okay, we got him in goal. You know, where the goalkeepers I had the pleasure of playing with were, were, were characters in around the dressing room. Um, loud would, you know, wouldn't let you off with anything, both in training or in games. And I think that's, I think that's really, really important. You know, Paddy had a, Paddy's had a brilliant career. You know, the amount of games he's played, the clubs he played for, uh, to play for your country, um, and he's he's already said he could, he should be, and I know he is from Liston, rightly proud of his achievements and his career. You know. Most players, you go through difficult times, sometimes on and off the pitch. You might do something silly during your career, you know, but you're, you're human. And Paddy bringing his book out just allows them to to tell a couple of stories that people might not know. But, you know, I didn't have the pleasure of playing against the so many times. A brilliant goalkeeper, great character. And um, he served QPR really, really well. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the book, The Gloves Are Off, I'd imagine there's plenty for QPR fans to to get their teeth into. Where can they get the book and when is the book out? Yeah, it's out uh, 5th of October. Uh, it, can be, uh, it can be bought from verticaleditions.com. Uh, uh, it's going to be on Amazon, Waterstone, WH Smith, so plenty of chances for people to get hold of it. And like I said, it's me getting out there and, and there's a fair few stories in there and it's not just all serious and we get, there's a lot of, fun stuff that have happened in the changing rooms over the years and stuff like that. Great stuff. Look forward to reading it. Paddy, thanks ever so much for joining us. Great to see you. Great to see you doing so no worries, well. You and all. Um, but Don't forget down when all this is over. And I've not been back, believe it or we'll not. Get we'll get you back, Paddy. Been back since you. I left, so it'll be nice to come back when uh, when all this is over and we can start watching games again. Great yeah, stuff. Be great to see you back in uh, W12, that's for sure, Paddy. Listen, thanks again for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. And we'll we'll speak soon. Thanks, Paddy. All the best, Paddy. Well, great to hear there from Paddy Kenny. He certainly enjoyed his time at QPR. And Webby, it was um, it was good to hear his side of the story, of course, when we put out that we were speaking with Paddy on the Loftcast today. There are a number of great questions. And one of the questions that did come up quite frequently was about him calling QPR a tin pot club. And I remember it at the time. And obviously, it was something that Paddy needed to address to explain. And when you hear that side of it, um, while you can't condone him making those comments, you can understand him reacting in that way when he's in the subject of such personal abuse. 
Yeah, I mean, um, in an ideal world, Paddy looks back now. It's all with hindsight, isn't it? He, he probably wishes he, he bit his tongue. But I, I have a, I have a little boy. You, you have two kids. Mars since has children. If someone has a go at your children, a natural, a natural kind of uh, natural reaction is to be on the defensive, isn't it? So <laughs> when you hear when you hear some of the abuse, albeit from a very, very small minority at the time, when emotions are running high anyway, because Paddy was, you know, if, if we look back, he had two great years at QPR. All of a sudden, he's out of favour. I think, you know, a lot of people were kind of wondering, you know, Paddy's had two great years, suddenly he's out of the team. I don't think many people agreed with him being out of the team in the first place. And then people are starting to have a go at his, his family, his children. You know, you can look back now and think most of us would have would have reacted in that way, wouldn't we, if someone has has a go at our children? Yeah, absolutely. But hearing him talk about his his time at the club, you can tell how, how much he enjoyed it. I mean, he packed a heck of a lot in to two years and he had a great relationship with the QPR fans at the time as well. And it was a very special period for the club and for Paddy Kenny as well. Yeah, I mean, he looks back now and... It's great him doing the book, wasn't it? Because as as you as you said to him, it has been therapeutic, and he can look back now on a great on a great time at QPR, great career in general. And yeah, it, it was great great to look back at those times. So so much to talk about. We could have, we could have talked about so much more, but yeah, no, great to catch up with Paddy, and great to to reminisce. And since that was before your time, obviously back at the club in your your current position, so you you, you weren't around the club at that time, but. Speaking with Paddy there, do you get a sense of the, the camaraderie that probably existed throughout that successful squad? Yeah, um, um, brilliant to hear from Paddy. You know, I thought he spoke really, really well. You know, uh, he did excellent for the club those couple of years. That season that we talked about, you know, influx of players, but real good players, good characters. Um, did great for the club, you know, they got off to a great start, really did get off to a great start, but um, now going back to, going back to Paddy, brilliant, uh, Paddy, great to catch up with them, yeah, he had, a, he had a terrific season, but one of the questions I asked, you know, about the people in front, and like all good teams, it starts at the front with Haida, you know, Jamie Mackey, people like that, working the socks off, there's Ali, uh, Ali in the middle of the park, and the back four was solid, and Paddy behind that, and obviously then you had the, the, the icing on the cake, the difference in the team, you know, with Adele, you know, he's 19 goals, his ability. That was a great season, great group of lads, and uh, you can see what it meant to Paddy, you know, how fondly he remembers that season, he remembers the dressing room, he remembers the club, remembers the fans. So, yeah, it was just great to catch up with them. Absolutely, and uh, like Webby says, we'll be reflecting on that 2010-11 uh, season throughout the current campaign here on the Loftcast and in the Matchday programme. And Webby, for those supporters who are yet to get involved with the Matchday programme this season, how can they do so? Yeah, so you need to go on to our programme partner, Ignition Sports Media. Um, it's ignitionsportsmedia.com. Um, you can look Ignition Sports Media up on Google as well, and it should come up um, as a QPR section on, on the website. Um, we sell individual copies of the programme and also a season subscription, uh, both for a full season and half season. It's actually... It works out cheaper after, obviously, the, the, the programmes we sent to fans this season because, obviously, can't get to the stadium and get them in person. So it does actually work out cheaper if you do the subscription because you're not paying postage for every single issue. Um, it's included in, in the price. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how you can uh, go about doing it. Great stuff. And those fans who are debating about getting involved, be assured that 50% of every matchday programme sale goes directly into the pocket of Matt Webb. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke that's a joke <laughs> to clarify that is a joke. it goes into your pocket <laughs> uh, looking ahead then uh, to this coming weekend Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough obviously brings back some special memories for QPR supporters but in the current day um, it's a very interesting challenge that QPR have going to Sheffield Wednesday of course they had that 12 point deduction at the start of the season they've started well picking up four points they've cut it to the eight now because of the teams above them the three teams are on naught points so they've cut it to minus eight so it was important that they made a quick start in terms of reducing that that points deficit and they've done that what sort of mood will we be facing in terms of the Sheffield Wednesday squad since well it'll be a tough game yeah 
good side. You know, you you look at the minus twelve, and that can either go one or two ways. It can either deflate you as a club, <clears throat> not just as a not just as players. Because I had a look at that, and you know, you you're starting on the back foot straight away. Um, but as players, they you know they got no part in that, can't control that. They've just got to get focused on the job. And I'm sure, you know, their manager will be saying, you know, we'll we'll, we'll claw this back. The sooner we can get into positive territory, the better. Um, and they made a good start. So now uh, it's going to be a, a tough test. You look throughout the side, they've got quality, they've got good players, they've got experience. Um, and they've made a decent start. I know they lost at the weekend. Read the reports. Apparently they played quite well and should have got something or could have got something from the game. You you always could have got something from games. But uh, now we'll we'll be in for a tough test. Yeah, we're looking at that start that they've made. Um, it's been, it has been a, certainly a reasonable start. They beat Cardiff. They drew with Watford. And then, as you say, they lost 2-0 to Bristol City on Sunday. But they did play well by all accounts. So, <coughs> Webby, will this be our toughest test of the season so far? Um. I don't know if it would be any tougher than we faced already, but it certainly will be tough. Um, as, as Sint said, they've, they've got a good squad. I think we saw towards the end of last season um, when, when they're on form, they beat us quite convincingly at, um, at home, didn't they? So, yeah, we, we know it'll be, we do know it'll be a tough test. But the thing is, anyone can play for Sheffield Wednesday, can't they, Since no matter what level they're at. <laughs> Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday fans think so, anyway. <laughs> Coming to you, of course, since a, a former Sheffield Wednesday man, um, in terms of the players in their current side, who are the ones to look out for? Well, you know, interestingly, you know, uh, Josh Windus, I, I was impressed with whenever I've seen Josh play. Um, you know, he's been to a few clubs, Rangers, Wigan. You know, I thought he was outstanding against us last season when they beat us three at our place. Although our performance on the day, <laughs> let's let's not even mention. But uh, so him... Uh, Izzy Brown, who's had numerous sort of loans, is there. You know, we we know all about Mass in the middle of the park. He probably play alongside Barry Bannon, who, on his days, as good as anything in there. If you let him play and dictate the play, so uh, now they've they, they've got a squad that you know needs to be respected, just like any squad. And I've got a squad that they'll bold statement. They'll 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 get out of the situation if, if you look at where what did they finished some 16th last year but the manager will be saying you know what as soon as we can get these 12 points knocked off we can look to to to, to push on and they'll see Saturday as, a, as, a, as another another game where they can try and get three points they'll respect us they'll know that we're a decent they'll, they'll know we've got threats but we've got to be mindful of theirs as well and uh, get on the front foot start the game well give give nothing away earlier on and see if we can grow into the game and get a positive result, which I'm sure we can. I don't know about you, since, but I thought, you know, well, yeah, you, like you mentioned, it wasn't our greatest performance whatsoever, but Bannon especially and Luongo in the game at our place not so long ago, they, they really took hold of it, and that's, that's really what they can do, especially through Bannon, who likes to dictate the play. Yeah, well, if you let Barry Bannon play, he'll, you know, he's got that lovely ability, he's got a great passing range, he's, he, he's, he's clever to get himself on the ball. So I'm sure that's an area where we'll say a lot of their attacks might go through him if he's playing, if he's fit. We don't know that. But, um, you know, we've already said we know all about mass and then forward areas. You know, you've got Windass, you've got Kachunga, you've got Izzy Brown, you've got Jordan Rhodes who sits on the bench, um, can come on, you know. Um, so, yeah, they've got, they've got threats. Don't concede many goals either. You know, if you look at, I know they lost two at the weekend, but clean sheet against Cardiff, clean sheet against Watford. So, um so we're going to have to be at it. We're going to have to be close to our best and uh, we're going to have to earn everything we get up there. And in terms of the team from QPR's perspective, Webby, are you expecting the, the same eleven that started against Middlesbrough? Yeah, it's an interesting, obviously, um, Tom Carroll's in the mix as well. He, he, he so nearly scored. He so nearly scored on, on Saturday. But yeah, it's one of those, again, Weren't too many changes for the Middlesbrough game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it wasn't too dissimilar for, uh, for, the, for the game on Saturday at Sheffield Wednesday. And since, as ever, looking forward to uh, your QPR Plus co-commentary duties? As always, can't wait. I hope, um, hope I'm screaming a couple of times. hope I see a performance that, you know, excites and, 
yeah, you know you're, you're able to be really positive through your commentary. But no, love the, love the role, privileged to be at the games at this current time, you know, and uh, thanks to everyone, all our fans who do tune in, so important, um, both for us as a club, but also I feel for them, I think fans need the football. You know, the clubs need the fans, but fans... They need their football, and um, and we're no different. So thanks for everyone who um, does tune in and watch and listens. And uh, so let's hope we're all cheering come five o'clock on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just a reminder: Sheffield Wednesday v QPR is available to watch live on QPR Plus for season ticket holders. Also, just a reminder that as it is a weekend away match, your voucher will not work. This is a, an EFL stipulation. You can still purchase a pass for £10 to watch live coverage of Sheffield Wednesday BQPR with Nick London commentating and Andy Sinton co-commentator. Thanks for joining us once again on The Loftcast.